Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter in the, into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of the Father. How can you do a will that you don't know anything about? Do you know God's will for your life? How can you discover God's will for your life? Last uh, Sunday, I told you, basically, I'm thinking, God, you want me to speak on this? But I'm also aware that your will for our lives is not the same for everyone. His will for my life is not His will for your life. However, there is a foundation which I call the foundational will of God for every life is the same. That's the anchor. That's the foundation. The Bible says if the foundation is broken, what can the righteous do? In other words, the righteous, that's you, a born-again Christian, you're supposed to be doing something. But you can only do what pleases him when you are anchored on the foundation. So we need to know the foundation of God's will for your life and my life. I need to know the foundation. And it's the same for everyone. And last week I said the number one, as I searched the scriptures, and I gave you that scripture, this Isaiah 53, in my mind, the most, uh, the most important chapter in the Old Testament. Because it ties everything together. Isaiah 53 goes, Who has believed our report? The whole book, the whole book is God's report. And God's report is good news. And the good news you must know. And God is saying, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The strong arm of the Lord. Isaiah 41 says, I will uphold you with my right hand. God will uphold you. So the strong hand of God only manifests to those that have believed his report. And so I want to know what that report is. So believing is key. Who has believed our report? And John himself wrote, everything that I've told you, I wrote so that when you hear, you will believe. And that through believing, you will have life. So believing is the first one. Number two is let God be God in your life. Let God be God in your life. In other words, give God his place in your life. And never unseat him. He must be the king of your life. Don't make yourself the king of your life. God wants to constantly be on his throne in your life. You are the temple of God and God lives in you. He has a throne in his throne room in your life. Don't you ever unseat him for any reason. And you can find that in Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter 20 when God gave his commandment. And you know what that commandment is? The first one, God gave that to us. He says, I am the Lord your God. That's pleasing for me to hear. He is my God. I am the Lord your God. Not everyone can say that. 
But I believe that. That's for me. God is my God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Egypt is the world. Egypt is what people are doing in the world. Egypt is where people live outside Christ. Egypt is where there is bondage. But we have been brought out from the land of Egypt through believing. When you believe, God delivers you and brings you out of the land of Egypt. Not going to, you are brought out of the land of Egypt spiritually. And then it begins to manifest in the natural realm. Affecting your life, affecting everything that you do, affecting your children, your family, affecting your life totally. totally. That's what it is. God said, I am the one that brought you out of the land of Egypt, the world, out of the house of bondage. So if you are not saved, whether you like it or not, you are in the house of bondage. And you need to be freed through believing the gospel. You need to be freed. God said, for you, believer, you can call him your God. And, and he brought you out of the land of bondage, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other God before me. In other words, don't put anything above me in your life. Never look to, to yourself or any man for the problems that you are going through in life. Don't ever. Don't ever look to yourself. When you look to yourself, you've looked away from him. Jesus was clear. Without me, you can what? Do nothing. So whenever you're looking to yourself or some man or some woman to help you with the problem that you have, if they point you to him, good. But if you're looking to them for solution, you've missed it. You have dethroned God. You've taken him off his throne. And you're out of his will. And you're doing your own thing. This is the scripture tells us, Proverbs chapter 3. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. If you're trusting in him with all of your heart, there is no trust for anything left. Your whole heart is occupied with trust in him. He wants to be number one. You shall have no other God before me. Even when you are walking through the land of failure, you feel like I'm failing. I'm failing. Nothing is working for, for me. Still keep him on the throne because God is bigger than your failure. God is bigger than your failure. If you're concerned about your future, Things are not working well. You want to do things to make your future beautiful. If you go alone without him, you will never find that future. Because he is your future. And he is bigger than your future. You got to trust him. God has to be number one in your life. In everything you do. You live. You work. You go to work. You got to kids. Whatever you're doing, it's got to be because of him. No other reason. You work, you make money because of your relationship with him. If it's different from that, you really don't know him. That's why we live as Christians. That's why I go to church. Nobody has to force me. I live because of him. In fact, the Bible says I'm crucified with Christ. 
His Christ is living in me. Christ will always draw me to the things of Christ. And if he's drawing me away from the things of Christ, something is dead inside. It's got to be him. God said, you shall have no other God before me. Don't put anything above God. Don't put your problems above God. Don't put your children above God. Don't put your wife above God or your husband. Nothing must be above God. If he's making you so depressed to the point where you are not able to operate, guess what? You've taken him out of his place. He's no longer on the throne. God says not to have, I have that. And God says that in different ways in the scriptures. He tells us in Matthew chapter 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Guess what? The kingdom of God and His righteousness. There is a righteousness about the kingdom of God. God says that's what you should pursue first. If you're pursuing career first, you've missed it. Career is good. There's always first. After first, there is second. Let God always be first in your pursuit. Career comes after that. And God will work with your career. Because it says, seek for the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all those career stuff and all those things that you want, they will be added. Notice, they are added. They are not the real stuff. The real stuff is what you are seeking. Those are extra. That's what it is. And they're beautiful when God acts on icing on the cake. You know what I'm talking about? It's tasty, but the cake, no icing without cake, uh, that's not good. So that's what God wants. He wants to be number one. When your heart begins to move away from God, let it bother you. If it's not bothering you, dead people don't move. Something is dead. Because if God is occupying His place in your life, you are alive. But when you don't feel it anymore, something is wrong. I heard a song. He says, God's speaking from God's uh, viewpoint. God says, I miss my time with you. I miss my time with you. There are times He wants you. There are times He wants to be with you alone. You should be able to recognize those times and then put other things aside, even if they are important, and make that time, that room for him, just to be with him. Because he may want to say something to you. I think about the, uh, uh, Abraham in, in Mamre. He was sitting out in the, with, and then there was three, these three individuals passing by, remember? And God was about to do something new. And he immediately, Abraham recognized he knew the two, that there were two angels and he knew who the Lord was. I like to be in that place. And I know you like to be in that place. Where when the Lord appears, you can see him and you know him. Because he is number one in your life. Abraham lived for nothing else but his God. Think about it. Abraham didn't care about the wealth. The Bible says he had camels and, and donkeys, which I always refer as Mercedes-Benz and, uh, and Rolls-Royce. He had all of gold and all of that. But Abraham was not into that. His main thing was God. 
And he passed that on to his children. And their main thing was God. God. That should be number one for every one of us. If you are here this morning and God is not number one in your life, you don't have to be a preacher. But he has to be number one in your life. Life is short. Life's so short. There's no room to play games. God has to be always number one in your life. He tells us that. This teach, somebody asked Jesus, Teacher, a lawyer, which is the great commandment in the law? We want to know what great, the great commandment. I don't know why he was asking that question, whether he wants to let some commandment go off and they focus on the guy. I don't know what he was asking. But Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. If you love God with all your heart, there is no room for any other love in that place. And if you love God with all your soul, the seat of your emotions, the seat of your decision making, basically if God's occupying all of that, you can't make any decision outside Him. It's got to be with Him. On and your mind also, even your thoughts, everything is that's where God wants you shall have no other God before me, not a husband, not a wife, not a maid, nothing. He's got to be number one, he's God's will, and it's not for God, <laughs> it's really not for God. Really, when you when you decide that that's what you're going to do, you've made the best decision in life because it's going to be well for you. It's going to be well. You, you read about Mary and Martha and Martha was busy with other stuff and Mary decided his words are too good. I just want to sit here. I just want to hear them. But Martha in her mind, carnal mind, she's busy about, Jesus said, look Martha, you are worried about many things. We think, I am concerned. I want to make the table right. I want Jesus to be pleased with all the way the cutleries, the way they are set and all of that. So his disciples are pleased. Jesus said, push this nonsense. She's got the best part. We can prepare the food later. Jesus will stay without eating. Just to give the word. What does that tell Tell us. He said, that's the most important thing in life. The only true man that walked this earth. All through. Adam was the true man. He failed. The only true man that lived birth to death. He's showing us what's important in life. You don't know better than he did. I want to follow what he says. He's got to be number one. It's not for his benefit, but for my benefit. If I can, if you can, get to the place where you are so consumed, like it says in the scripture, the zeal for your house has consumed me. If I can get to that place, then you get closer to the Son of God. And you can experience the peace of God that passes knowledge. It's available. Jesus said that loving God 
That way is the great commandment. And I see another scripture. I don't want to go into that. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to hate your father, hate your mother. When I was newly saved, I said, this is serious matter. How can I hate? God is advocating hatred. Mama, I'm following Jesus. I hate you now. That's not going to work. Mama says, what Jesus told you that? And I bring the scripture. See, he says the hate. <laughs> right? But what he's saying, your love for Jesus is so strong. And your devotion to him. The sacrifices you are willing to make in his name. Even to the point of death. They know you are so connected with him that your love for him compared to the sacrifice you are willing to make even for your mother, that seems like it compared to that. Jesus said, that's the only kind of people that can follow me. And that's really frightening. That's where I go, Holy Spirit, help me. Because who's going to be able to even hate your own self? That's what Jesus said. People are playing games. People are playing games. I don't want to get up there to find out. I can't go in. There is no please. There is no begging. You only have one life. And I think that God wants you to hear this so you know. Make that commitment today. You know, I do know this. All God is asking for you, from you is to say, yes, I want to do that. There are people doing all kinds of things, but Jesus was clear. The way to heaven, the gate is narrow, right? It says only few will find it. I want to be among those few. I want to be among those few. In my life, when I first got saved, and I've shared this here before, my pastor preached against going to college. Oh, yes. I know it's crazy for you, but it's spiritual. I know. I know some of you will think, how could you believe something like that? I was new to Christianity. I didn't know what it was. What it was. They were, were into law. And he preached a lot about, every day he was preaching, he said, university is the universe. That's the world. If you go there, you're going to hell. Hey, you're laughing. It wasn't funny for me. I was a new Christian. I wanted to learn. That's what he preached. Every Sunday he was, I mean, hitting me with that message. And I had to think about it. I have something in me says he's wrong. But something inside me says, but what if it is right? Okay? It was tough for me. But because I wasn't sure whether he was right or wrong, I didn't have peace. It was constant, constant, this thing going on in my head. At this time, I couldn't tell if he was right. If he was right, he told me the truth and I doomed my life. For school? That was the way I was thinking. I was new to Christianity. But this, I had made up my mind. 
that hell's place. I don't want to go there. I remember thinking about it. I said, well, I, quite, I don't quite understand what he's saying. But if it's true, I've made up my mind. Until I understand otherwise, I'm not going to college. And then I stayed with it. You can call my family and tell them, ask them. Some of the persecution I received in my early days was because of that. Because I would not yield. Until I found out the truth that pastor was lying. And then I went to pastor's house and I told him, where did you get this stuff from? Show me from scripture. He said, you want me to show you? I said, yeah, yeah. If I can see it from scripture, because all this time I had bought that big book called Matthew Henry. And every scripture he's, he quotes to support his case, I go to Matthew Henry to check him out. And read everything. There was no internet, so you couldn't check him out. And finally, when I concluded pastor was lying, I had to confront pastor. Pastor, you're lying. You got to tell me what this is. He said, no, you have to believe. I said, it's, it's impossible. You have to show me from the book. He said, well, if you don't, if you don't believe, you have to leave. <laughs> Easy. I'm going to college. <laughs> Amen. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall... You set me free. I mean, college, here I come. And I'm not stopping at first degree. I'm going all the way. Freedom. But you got to know the truth. But there was a time there for me. It was tough. How do I? I don't, I'm not going to go to hell just to get uh, uh, some university degree. That was the way I thought. So when the world comes at you, and this is the truth, why don't you consider it? The option is too terrible. I've got to make God number one. And making God number one is lining up with the truth I find in the word. But it's always better for you when you know the truth. Because it's real freedom. Real freedom. I read a story about, uh, uh, or heard a story about some children. They put those children in the field. You know, real wide field. And all around was jungle. And the instructors left the kids. Just little kids. You know what the kids did? They went to the middle of the field. And all of them stayed around one another. No one was moving. They won't go anywhere. They hung around each other. They looked at the jungle all around them. The teachers were way back there. As they played the look and look at the teachers. But then... They, they, it was an experiment. They decided, okay, we're going to fence the field around. Okay? They fenced, they put a big fence all over. And then they brought the kids and put the map. You know what they did? The kids were all over the place. You got to set boundaries. You got to set boundaries. And God giving us this. He must be number one. It's a boundary for freedom. You make him number one, you're free. You're free to explore. He's got to be number one. Nothing must take his place. I'm going to read this scripture that's done so much for me. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47 and 48. He says, because you did not serve the Lord... With joy and gladness of heart. 
for the abundance of everything. May God make available to you this very day an abundance of everything. Can I hear an amen? God promised in His Word, if you serve Him, He is going to surround you with abundance of everything. Then that scripture comes to play. He said, because you did not serve the Lord your God, your God now, with joy and gladness of heart, for the abundance of everything, therefore you will serve what? Your enemies. Your enemies. When you are worried and things come into your life, you know, abundance of everything, not just good things. There's also abundance of troubles, okay? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Have you heard that scripture? Count it all joy when you fall into temptation, diverse temptation. So basically now, God still says, you still have to have joy. When you are going through temptation. So I come to you. No, brother Larry. I'm so happy now. I just found a new temptation and trial. He says, are you nuts? Who is happy to have trial? But God says, you must serve him with joy and gladness of heart. You know why you can do it? Because the problems don't compare to him. You have him on his throne and your problem is small compared to him. You look at the problem, it's that little. You look at him, he's all over, he's so big. And he can solve the problem so you can serve God with gladness of heart. That when you lose that, it's because you've dethroned him. The problem is now bigger than your God. And God is no longer in his place. You have put your problem in in the place of God, and it's now bigger, and it shows you're crying. You can't sleep at night. You don't even want to go to church. I don't feel like going to church this morning. So guess what? God misses his time with you. Why? Because you place something else in his place. Your problem is become your God. That's what he's saying here. You will serve your enemy. That he will send against you. How? In hunger. So that says, if God is taking his place, and you are, well, let me go, hunger, in thirst, nakedness, he says, and in need of everything. So that says to me, if you keep God in his place, and God is occupying His place in your life, you will never know hunger. Yeah. You can be in thirst. You cannot be in want of anything. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's the truth. If the Word of God means anything, and you are serving Him with joy of, and gladness of heart, that's what I said to my wife. We have troubles. They come. And so we have to be joyful, even in the presence of the trouble. Now it makes sense. Where this man had a business, and his business was going down. All of his businesses were failing, and he went to a meeting. He was really hurting. 
because nothing was working for him. And he went to a meeting and somebody prophesied, Kenneth Hagin prophesied to him and said, your problem, is, God says to tell you your problem is you're not laughing at the devil. He said, I don't feel like laughing, I felt like crying. But he decided he was going to obey God still with joy in his heart, went back to his business, and after everybody's gone, so he doesn't want to say he's crazy, he walks the hall of his business place, and he was going, ha, 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 but he still felt like crying inside, and God delivered him. That scripture now makes sense to me. Count it all joy. Count it all joy, because the problem with God on his throne is not to put you down. It's for your promotion. You just didn't know. The Bible says all things work together for to those who love God. And those who are called according to his purpose. And his purpose is to see that you never be in hunger. You never be in thirst. You never walk in nakedness. And you are never in want of anything. And God is able to produce that. So doing that says you put God in his place. No matter what's going on. Even if they're threatening to kill you. God is still in his place. And if he allows it, it's for your promotion. It's for your promotion. Even with persecution. It's the best for you. I've shared this here before. As a new Christian, I witness to people, my brothers, they usually will get very angry. And they spread the word and said, you know, no matter what you say to him, in those days, you know, I didn't have good sense. I mean, my brothers would say, why are you not mad at me for saying all this bad stuff at you? I said, well, you didn't say it. They said, who? It came out of my mouth. I said, yeah, I know. But you didn't say it. He's the devil inside of you. <laughs> He's cussing me out. He's the devil inside of you. And that made them very angry. Uh, new converts, please help them. Okay? <laughs> help. New converts are crazy. I'm telling you. They get so excited and they do crazy stuff. I will even tell that to my mother. It's the devil that is inside of you that's speaking. And my mother says, the devil is inside of me. You lost your mind, son. But I thought I was being righteous, okay? Righteous for God and taking the persecution. Amen. So I looked for victims because Jesus said, if anyone confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father in heaven. I told you so. These guys were my victims. I have to confess Jesus to them. And when they cursed me out, he didn't mean anything to me. Just hear the gospel so that my name is mentioned in heaven. And if we want to know why I'm not mad, I say, you didn't curse me. It's the devil inside of you that cursed me. And I can't handle that. And I got that scripture. So they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I said, well, you cursing me out, you just made me a prophet. This is wonderful. I'm a prophet now. You got to keep God in his place. He's got to be number one. You never lose anything. My brothers, you saw them here. They come to me. They listen to me while I speak to them. Those days they went away. But I remember Lawrence said, Thank God during those days we were troubling you. you he used the term, 
you didn't buckle. And that was using food. He said, you see, if you had, what would have happened to the rest of us? You understand what I'm saying? Walter, what would have happened to the rest of us? You keep God in his place, regardless of what's going on. That is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know the scripture. Rejoice evermore. He says, pray without ceasing. All of this. That's the will of God in Christ concerning you. Do I have time to go to the next one? Yes. I gave myself time. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. The next thing is, God wants you saved and healed. God wants you saved and healed. And also for you to live a long life. It's his will. Let me go by this. It's God's will for you to live long. If you don't believe that, think about what this... I don't care what the DNA is. The day you accepted Christ, he says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A, a new creature, a new creation. You are a new person. Everything, you still look the same you. If you've lost some hair at the back like me, you still look like that. No difference. They see you, they see you, okay? Nobody, but the Bible says you are a new creation. How many Christians believe that? How many of us? That's why it's so important that you believe who has believed our report. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. He said, even added more, the old has passed away. The old DNA, the old sickness in the home, the whole misfortune in the home, all of that's passed away. And he says, all things have become what? No, all things. All things. You want to define what all means? It's all means all, right? Is, is, is. So all things. The life of Jesus was cut short. Why should my life be cut short? Think about it. He did that for me. Jesus never lived to be 40. He didn't live to what we call midlife crisis kind of stuff. He never got there. His life was cut short so that I won't have midlife crisis. It's true. That's what happened. He died so that you can live long. Does God have to concern himself? I don't want to make this promise because, you know, they will discover planes and they will discover cars. And some of them, those drunk people that are not part of my family, they will be driving crazy and kill my children. And every time I blink, they kill one of them. Is that what God will think? No. He gave his promise. Who has believed our report? 
It's his will. Will God's children die early? Yes, it happens. But you stay with what God has said. You have to believe his report for his right hand. The strong right hand to be revealed. No matter what's going on. I know the things in the natural. I don't always operate like this in faith. But sometimes I can, God, God has helped me. I do remember when Toju was born. I know Toju is here today. I mean, it was, I, I, in 1987, back in Georgia, I was teaching a class. And I taught Sunday school class then. And I told them, I saw that scripture and I meditated on it. And the Bible says, blessed shall be the fruit of the womb. You read that? Blessed shall be the fruit of the womb. And I thought to myself, wow, this is interesting. He's not talking, he's not blessing the womb, right? He's blessing the fruit of the womb. And I saw a lot in church, you know, the child can't see, the child born blind. I told myself, that's not a blessed child. I can't take that to my Muslim friend. Jesus has blessed me with this child. But the child can hear, the child can see, the child can He's going to die. And the Muslim man will say, tell your God to keep his blessing. Don't bless me. That's the way I thought. And then my son was born. And they were telling me, his liver is not, he's going to be mentally retarded. It's my mind went straight back to the, back then when I was in Georgia. I said, that's, that's not my son. Don't look like the blueprint. Doesn't look like the blueprint. Call from, from, uh, from Austin. We got record of your son. You have to get into support groups because he's going to be mentally retarded all his life. Your life and your wife's life is going to be changed. I said, no change. I already have the change. I already got my change. He was on the cross of Calvary. My life's not changing. Who has believed our report? Will troubles come? Oh, yes. Troubles will come. But because you know the report, you hold on to the report. Even while you are being lashed in the boat, and it seems like the boat's going to capsize and then you're going to die. But I've got the report. Amen. And I'll make it. Putting God in His place. Putting God in His place. Let's not just play. It's, it's, it's not a game. This is real. This is real. And if we can, we can only see the manifestation of it when we begin to believe it. Peter didn't put his, his leg uh, outside the boat to test the water if it will hold his weight. He just did the word come. He did the word come. Maybe that's what we need to do. Amen? That's all we need to do. He says, will for you to live long life. He says in Psalm 91, with long life, can you join me? With long life, I will satisfy you uh, unless uh, if you got cancer. No. With long life, it will satisfy you. All I have to do is believe his report. It's his will because it's in the book. It's his report. Amen? It's his will. Bow your heads with me this morning. <coughs> there are some of us here, you haven't made a commitment to Christ to serve Him and keep Him 
number one in your life. You're here this morning. You know yourself. You know God speaking to you while I'm speaking. You're saying to yourself, I know I haven't really made Jesus number one in my life, but I want to do that today. I want to make Jesus, no matter what I do, in word or in deed, I am going to make Jesus number one in my life. If that's you today, at the count of three, would you put your hand? I guarantee you, just by putting your hand up, heaven will see it, and something will begin to change in you. Something is going to break this morning. I really believe that with all of my heart. It's by faith. Something is going to break this morning. At the count of three, would you put your hand up? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Yeah, see that hand there. Yeah, see that hand. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I need our prayer partners to please come up here. Those of you, including if you are sick in the body, hey, uh, Odell, we're going to take care of that thing this morning. Come over here. You heard me. We're going to stop the sickness. Come over here. Come over here. Are you ready? God healed you before. I remember that. Odell, you remember when God healed you here in the service? Yes, he's still the same Jesus, okay? God's going to heal him. And if you, if you raise your hand, you can come up here and pray with one of our prayer partners today and tell them, I want, I'm making Jesus. That's a step forward for Christ. If you're sick, would you all want to stand up, please? Stand up. And please remember, you hear my voice. God's speaking to you. Please respond. Respond. God's speaking to you. Whatever the issue is, would you come and lay it at the cross? We sang so much today about the blood and the cross and Jesus' victory. Bring whatever problem you are going through, bring it to the foot of the cross. God will take care of it this morning. Would you please come up? Come up, come up. Come up now. 